If Antonio Conte is any is comparable in any way to American actor Nick Nolte, <laughs> I think <laughs> it looks like we've reached the drunk driving mugshot phase <laughs> of Antonio Conte's managerial career. <laughs> All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast. This is David Smith. Scott Wiebe. Nick Foles. You're not Nick Foles. I wish. Super Bowl MVP. Ah. Oh. Everyone, everyone. The Super Bowl's global, right? I hey, mean, yeah, it's, it's a, a global watch, event. It's, watching, the, it's, a, it's the only thing we export that's good. This is not an American football <laughs> podcast, right? But watching the Patriots lose is is... As enjoyable as watching Chelsea Football Club get smashed by Watford 4-1. Dave, 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 Dave. We want fans of all 20 clubs. And all 32. I could care less if any Chelsea fan ever listens to this. This is is called an Arsenal high. I know, seriously. I don't know if you want the Arsenal moment today. I don't. I actually didn't put it on the it's, agenda. Okay. It, be that it's not going to matter because be he doesn't read the agenda I'm anyway. I'm not but. Nick Foles, FYI. Okay, okay. You kind of look like him a little bit. I know. I, a friend of mine told me that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same. same uh, I'm way more in the Nick Foles class of look than the Tom Brady class. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's valid. Brian Shesko. That's all of us. All right, gentlemen. I don't. I don't even know where to go from here, except right into what we're here to discuss. Yeah, so what, are we here, what are we doing here? Let's let's just talk about what we're going to do here. We're going to go through the ten matches from this past weekend. There's a lot to get to. There's a lot to get to. Since we last recorded, there have been two game weeks in the Premier League. We're going to focus on the one from this past weekend, and trust that you are okay uh, without us discussing the previous midweek game week. We're just going to pretend like that wasn't there. We, we might reference it a little bit, maybe. And there were some interesting things that happened. And as you would expect with matches in short succession, there were some lineup issues and things that we we saw that probably affected your FPL And lineups. the window slamming shut. Yes. That is true. And it's important to some teams. That's, that's true. There's deadline deals. Mm-hmm. We're not going to discuss them. You want to do this part, Dave? You got it. Okay. So we're going to go over the 10 matches in the Premier League. We're going to look uh, with an eye toward fantasy. And we're going to give you all the segments that you've come to know and love and we're going to do something a little different as well. Yeah, we I don't get... want to say yet what it is. Okay, yeah, sure. But just a teaser, we're going to do something we've never done before. This is the, uh, it's going to be a first of many. Hopefully so. Yeah, sure. Hopefully so. Uh, but you're not going to have to wait long to hear what it is. We're going we're gonna to get into it pretty quickly here. So have I set it up okay? I believe you have. Okay. Well then, Brian, what do we need to do? We need to get onto the matches. All right, here we go. Liverpool 2 Tottenham, two. Mo Salah with a brace, but that's not the story here. The story is the goals from Victor Wanyama and then the penalty kick for Sir Harris Kane. Well, it's not fair to Salah's goal. I mean, you said we're here to talk about Wanyama's goal and Kane's goal. But Salah, look... Dave, I'm just going to take this it. This is the most painful thing it is. you it, have it, ever done it, on this program. It is. It ever. honestly is. Uh, this is worse than, than like declaring love for Chelsea. Look, I was wrong on Sal- Salah, okay? <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, 
Look, sometimes you're wrong about things. What was it that I'm you called him? I'm still slightly right. He still sort of has a touch of a rhino. <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, he doesn't have much much touch around it's the It's February, and the man is about to win. He's not going to win the golden boot. That's He's Harry in the Kane's running for golden it. Boot. He is in the running for he it. He has been He's amazing. Definitely in the running okay, for look, it. Okay, look, I was wrong. He's been amazing. The move today, I don't think we're going to see a combined two better goals. Those two goals might between Wanyama and Salah, might be competing for best goal of the year. It's interesting. Uh, NBC Sports here in the States referred to Salah's second goal as messy. I was going to ask you if that was too much. No, no. it's not. It's not. That one, I, now, now. I, his feet are so fast. It's one goal, okay? One goal. Right. No, no, sure. We're not saying he's messy. But what I'm saying is the only other person you'd see do a goal like that would be Lionel Messi. Like, that's how good the goal was, right? It's compared to one of the greats of. Uh, I mean, Messi will go down as one of the greats of all time. If, if you, not one of the greatest, he'll if be in you the were, argument. If you were at the hospital and the doctor came in right now and he asked you what your pain scale was, yes, you would say it's around a ten. Uh, nine, nine. Yeah. This hurts. Look, I hate being wrong about anything, right? But I was wrong about him. He's been awesome, and I hate him. But he's been good, <laughs> and I wish he'd shave his head. Hey, but Dave. Whatever. He's got. Dave, it's okay. You're you're afro. in the same club. It's cool. It's nice. It's good. Dave, it's cool. You're in the same club with Jose Mourinho. He was wrong about him too. That's fine. That's Jose cool. Mourinho. We'll get to him. He well, really? he's been wrong about a lot. Oh of yeah, things. we will. Chelsea Football Club's been wrong about a lot of things. I'll get to that. All right. So there was a lot that also happened in this last ten minutes. Salah's second goal being one of them, but a lot more that happened that obviously impacted the result of this match, but it impacted some fantasy lineups too. Let's, let's not mistake that. Scott, go to, give us a rundown, play-by-play, sort of how that game finished up. Well, it all centered around two separate calls on the cop end in the last several minutes of the match. The first was, well, both resulted in Harry Kane penalty kicks, first of all. Right. The first one happened uh, as the ball was being fed into the box, it skipped over Dejan Lovren's foot. Only Lovren would have that happen to him. Sure. Whether or not he touched it, we won't get into yet. But the ball goes over Lovren and uh, falls to Harry Kane. Karius comes out and ends up maybe he knocking dives, him down He dives a bit. At, at, the, at the ball. It's tough to tell yeah. if there's contact or not. Yeah, but Kane goes down. He's awarded the penalty. He misses. He misses. Carey, no, no, Carius blocked it. I mean, he missed the penalty. Okay, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. You're right. But you're Carius right. Carius summoned Carius the power blocks, of yes. Mignolet Kane, and blocks yeah. the penalty kick. Kane, yeah. Kane was going dead center, and and Carius snuffed and it out. Carius picked picked right. Yeah, it was awesome. Less Liverpool fans no get one, too excited. No one can stop penalties like Liverpool goalkeepers. <laughs> I don't understand what the heck's going on there. But it, 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 whoever the Liverpool goalkeeper coach. Must say. prepare the guys Great so well yeah. that they know what's coming. It's it has been proven over and over again this That's year. That's true. That's true. And then just a few minutes later, after Salah scores that second goal, uh, Harry Kane is uh, given the opportunity to take a second penalty kick after Virgil Van Dyke uh, look appears to kick yeah. Lamella. Yeah. Well, he does. He does. Yeah, kick you can him. just say he kicked him. No, he, he kicked, kicked him. him. Yeah, he kicked him. And he kind of kicked him hard. Now, I don't think he meant to, <laughs> no, right? No, but intent has nothing to do with it. It doesn't, unfortunately. Or does it, Dave? Well, we'll, we'll find out. Listen, uh, sometimes we need clarity yes, on this pod. That's right. Um, Scott, tell everyone what, what we've decided to do when we need clarity now from now on because we have a lot of referee questions. I mean, we love to question Moss. 
Right. John Moss, the referee in this match, the linesman who ended up making both calls. Mike Dean, we love to question him. Oh, well, yeah, he did the Chelsea match, uh, Chelsea-Watford match. Yeah, so the, the linesman, John Moss, obviously played a huge role, got a lot of visibility in the end of this match because they debated both of these penalty kick calls late in this match. We had a lot of questions about whether or not these calls were right, and so whenever we have questions about refereeing decisions, we turn to our friend. Andrew the Ref. That's correct. So we're going to bring Andrew in. He's he's here with us now, actually. He's joining us in studio. That's exactly right. So we're going to bring him on with us because we, we thought these were significant enough calls and there were enough of them. It's time to just bring him on. We always ask him before as part of our preparation That's for right. this podcast. But today we're like, no, just just get in here and explain these things to us. Let's, let's do it live. Yeah. And because of this, and I, f- I feel like this is going to become uh, somewhat of a recurring segment. Oh. Uh, um, I, yeah, I got a right. drop for okay. this. All right. Okay. You ready? That's what you. Right. What do you think about that? <laughs> That's what you came up with. That That's is great. That is so amazing. <laughs> On Sesame Street, apparently. <laughs> Hot diggity dog. <laughs> it is Welcome so... to the pod, Andrew the Ref. Hey, thanks so much. All right, Andrew. Start off, since this is your first time joining us. You will us. never get a warmer welcome oh. <laughs> at wow. anything you ever attend for the rest of your life. For the like first Elmo time. is in a corner. Yes. Or Big Bird. For the yeah. first time, I am perfectly okay with the Scott's stat of the day intro. I never was okay with that <laughs> until now. Okay, okay. Here, okay. Here we go. This is perfect. All right. So, Andrew, give us a little bit of your credentials. Kind of explain your experience refereeing for everyone, please. Okay. So, from the American side, uh, for those of you in the States here, I'm a state-level referee. I do college at all levels, um, youth, and then the highest level of amateur games. Uh, For English listeners, what that would translate into is any non-league games. So. Uh, you would never see me on a League Two match. Uh, not that anyone would really want to see a referee on a League Two match. Uh, but That's good, though. I, right. So um, pretty much the highest level of amateur matches. Uh, I've had the benefit of getting a lot of input from different FIFAs around the world, FIFAs from Ireland, Northern Ireland, UK, either current or X. So uh, any experience I don't have, I've had the huge fortune of getting taught in, um, in a instructed by people who have way more experience than I do. So before we get into these particular decisions, just to just to take this a little further, while obviously you're saying you're not at the professional levels of refereeing, you're still in the system. You're still right. trained. There's still things that you've had to do. You're, you're very familiar with the the rule book. Yeah. Uh, what are some of the things? You've done some, some study sessions, some seminars. You're part of the U.S. soccer right. uh, system, correct? Right. Okay, excellent. So for us to ask you what the rules say about a certain call or two, it'd be fair to say that you probably know what the rules actually say as opposed to what the announcers say. Uh, enough to know that there are laws, not rules, but go on. Excellent. Perfect. See? <laughs> all right, I love it go. already. Here we go. All yeah, right, good. Sit down, Scott. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll just turn this over We're now We're in the today. nomenclature. <laughs> all right. Yep. Um, I'm glad uh, we got all the t- discussion about the points out of the way first and all the things that got scored on the field and, anyway, all the American terms that we're not allowed yes. to say. Yes, yeah. <laughs> right. very, very well done. Okay, so, Andrew, first things first. The first penalty kick, was it even a penalty or was Harry Kane offside? So this is a question that's come up 
Um, Mark Clattenburg has weighed in on this. Graham Pohl has weighed in on this, uh, which, you know, they, of course, both have great reputations. Um, it centers around the offside law, uh, in which, uh, you know, there's jokes about, uh, who is it, Jason Sudeikis, when he was talking about uh, American football manager in the UK, yeah. not understanding the offside rule, saying nobody understands it. And there's common misconceptions. What it centers around is, you can be 20 yards offside, 20 meters for you English people. <laughs> uh, however far you want to be offside, if a defender deliberately plays the ball, even if he plays it poorly, but if he deliberately <laughs> plays the ball, then that attacker who is in an offside position cannot be penalized for being in that position. <laughs> so you've probably seen a cross that's come in, a defender goes up, has probably two seconds to see where the ball is, judge his play. He tries to get a header, and it skips off the top of his head and goes to an attacker in an offside position. He's good. Okay. He's fine. So that's really the important thing that this centers around. And for those who have seen the, the interview of John Moss and his assistant referees talking, they're mm -hmm. asking this question, did Lovren touch. play the ball okay. or touch the ball? Yeah. Um, well, deliberately touch, right? Right. That, is right. That the... And therein lies the problem because mm -hmm. – uh, while it seems black and white, oh, deliberately plays the ball, it's fine. It's still a judgment call because if you only have half a second and you're off balance, is that a deliberate play? Right. Is that just a reaction? Yeah. Mm. Can you say that even at that skill level, he had enough time to deliberately play the ball? And so in this case, Lovren, it looks like he has a significant amount of time. He judges the ball. He plays it poorly. It goes to Kane. But if you look at that play and say, no, that's a deflection at best, Lovren's off balance, you know, whatever you want to say, then Kane should be offside. Mm. Kane should be offside, and it doesn't wow. matter anything that happens after that. If you think that Lovren deliberately plays the ball, game on. Then he's onside. Right. Huh. Interesting. All right, so then that immediately leads to a coming together between Karius and Kane. Minimal contact, if any, and yet penalty is called yeah how what what is the referee looking for there to be able to call a penalty in that in that type of play so there's there's a number of different parts of the law that talk about what you can award a free kick for what you can award a penalty for uh, most of them are phrases that you would probably expect you know you push a player you kick a player you trip a player um, in this case it you know the word trip doesn't really matter if you do it with your foot or your knee or your hand uh, do you trip a player? And so you, you even guys talked about this earlier. Minimal contact. Mm. So you're Maybe. saying that there is contact. Mm. Uh, so ultimately has to, the referee, all the referee team has to decide at this level, should that be considered a foul? Should that be considered illegal or unfair, however you want to phrase it? Does the minimal contact have to result in the player not being able to play the ball? In other words, like if um, I'm trying to think of a, of a time, <clears throat> but there's multiple times where guys will make contact in the box, whether it's with their arms or shoulders, and yeah. yet it doesn't result in a player going down. Yeah. Obviously, a penalty is not called, right? So, I mean, so the, the, does it have to result in a player falling down or not being able to play the ball? Uh, no. So that, that is a hard part, though, because um, with referees, they constantly discuss that. Uh, referees don't necessarily see a foul. They see the outcome of a foul. 
uh, because it's very difficult to see contact from every foot, arm, shoulder, hip, uh, contacting anything else. But you see the player go over. You see the, their weight shift. You, you see the outcome of a foul, not necessarily the mm-hmm. foul. So uh, you'll see plenty of people who are going towards goal. They get nudged, but they're also going towards goal. So do you really want to call a foul outside the penalty box when they're potentially about to score? That right. seems silly to potentially take a goal away and call a foul outside the area. Uh, but if they stay on their feet, it doesn't mean they weren't illegally contacted. Um, somebody tries to trip them, and the dude's just got sturdy legs. You Maybe know, like, when, sure. uh, like when Arsenal uh, cleared out Jay Rodriguez in that one game against, uh, remember the Arsenal and West Brom game that they yes. did not call the penalty when it probably should have been? It was, it was, uh, was it Montreal? It was Mustafi. It was Mustafi. Well, that's the problem, right? Yeah. If guys don't go down, they typically get punished for not going right. down it's by phrase. not getting the penalty kick. Punish. Yeah. You don't like punish. The word punish, do you? Well, no, no, no. It's that phrase of do we punish people for not falling? Oh, uh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and pundits talk about it. Coaches talk about it. Referees talk about it. Are you punishing the players for trying to play through it? Yeah. And Yes. And, right and now, it's one yes. of those things that ultimately, uh, unfortunately, sometimes that happens. Hmm. Well, last question about this Kane Carrius first penalty kick. Uh, situation. If Kane wasn't touched, shouldn't we be discussing a, a three-match ban for simulation? Oh, absolutely. I mean, if there's no contact there and Kane is trying to, you know, get something out of the referee, absolutely, we're looking at a simulation case. Kane immediately gets up. He's looking to the referee, expecting a call. Uh, maybe not the same situation as like Deli Ali this weekend, who just kind of goes down to the ground and tries to keep playing. Right, like, and w- which was interesting. Real quick, I just want to throw that in there. He didn't beg for that penalty. It looked no. like he took a dive. He got a card for taking for simulation. Right, but he he never looked back at the referee. It didn't look like he was taking a dive. Are you basing this though what? off of how he re- like how he reacted to his own dive? You well, can't do that. Uh, I mean, but in fairness, can you? Can you call it diving if he wasn't asking for it? And he well, in and in that yes, because it's not it's not diving and begging. It's just diving. But, but he he tried to keep playing the ball. Like in other words, did he realize the dive was so bad? He's like, uh, I better try to play the ball. When he's falling to the ground, is he playing the ball in that moment? Well, but here's the thing. How you just phrased it in a very interesting way. Yeah. He's falling to the ground trying to play the ball. So even in that last sentence. No, I'm saying he wasn't. I was asking a question oh, with the okay. obvious answer of the fact that he's not. He's falling to the ground. He's not going towards the ball. Now, yeah, he pops right back up, but it doesn't matter. He went to the ground, and, you know, honestly, maybe maybe it's reputation, you know, going maybe, before and him. That, and that's what I was going to say. Is, is he getting that it's card the Diego based on Costa reputation? Effect, you know, the, the Costa card, yeah. Yeah, you know, the Delhi the deli effect. It was, I just, I've never seen someone supposedly dive but yet not, a, not really ask for it, and then – not necessarily give a reaction when he was Yeah, probably because he was so ashamed at how terrible his dive was. <laughs> maybe, right, right, maybe. Enough, that yeah. he was embarrassed. Anyway. So, All right, to, so to draw the parallel, yeah. Uh, yeah, if Kane is going down and there's no contact, especially in that kind of situation where he's looking up, you know, arms flailing, like yeah. what the heck, and his teammates are doing the same, mm-hmm. yeah, we should be talking about simulation if that's the case. Okay. So then we have uh, another play just a, a few minutes later, Virgil trying to kick the leg off of Eric Lamella. <laughs> but he w- didn't even see that he was there. That was pretty obvious. No, He's right. trying to clear the ball, has no idea Lamella's there. Um, Lamella pulled a fast one. Now, I will – I mean, I, by getting in the way of Virgil's yes, leg. <laughs> I, listen, 
<laughs> Lamella took Brian. He took one for the team. I mean, he, Virgil was going to never clear that a, to the moon. There's never been a better right place at the right time moment for Eric and Lamella. Except for the back of his legs. Yeah. That was not the he, right yeah. Yeah, No, he, I mean, credit to Lamella. He literally took one for the team. I'm pretty sure the imprint of the shoelaces on top of Virgil's shoes are still on Lamella's leg. <laughs> Is that a bursa sack in the back of your leg that's <laughs> begging for a ruptured yuck, one? Yuck. Uh, no, hey, the, but here's the question. I've been the guy on this podcast who, who has held the line against considering intent. On calls, and I'm pretty sure I know where you stand on this. The fact that Virgil, and uh, this is me being a Liverpool fan, so it hurts to say this, but the fact that Virgil clearly didn't intend to kick Lamella's leg has no bearing on whether or not it was a foul. Is that right? Yes. So ultimately, going back to the phrases that we talked about earlier, did you push a player? Did you kick a player? Trip a player? Uh, unfortunately, you know. Players might not intend to, but at the end of the day, if you didn't mean to trip them, but you still tripped them. It's still a foul. Um, if you don't mean to break somebody's leg, you know, mm. a la the Shawcross rule, but you still did, it doesn't matter whether or not you intended to. That's still pretty excessive force. And that's why people, you know, well, he didn't mean to break his leg. Why does he need a red card for something like that? It's pretty excessive if you're breaking somebody's leg. Yeah. So, yeah, in, intent can't go into it uh, because all that it takes is Virgil van Dyke to go, oh, ref, well, I didn't mean it. Oh, Okay, right on. Well, you know, we'll keep playing. <laughs> How do you know that he's lying? My bad. I'll <laughs> swallow that whistle. All right. right so would, when you look at both calls, would you say that John Moss and the linesman, got to include the linesman here, would you say that they probably got these right? So for the Virgil van Dyke situation, without a doubt, got it right. Okay. Uh, that's, that's pretty obvious. Because, like, because Moss didn't call it, right? It was the linesman, the linesman that's that right. called mm-hmm. it. And the that's probably was. The, the linesman, is, I thought even in the video that the linesman was the one who was calling for, like, he was the one saying, this is exactly what the question is. Was he, if Lovren played it... On that first one. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I felt like he knew exactly what he was looking li- for. He was, I, he was I, just I was, trying to find yeah. exactly what was going on, and John Moss was the one angle, who was like, I'm just not sure. From his angle, he touched it. In, yeah. in the moment, I was furious with this linesman. I'm like, he wants to be the referee on the pitch. But in hindsight, with the uh, emotion of the match removed from my thinking yeah honestly he makes john moss look like a fool those are my words now because he's the one that got it he's right. he's the one who got it yeah. right well yeah. but but we don't know i don't know moss's angle on the van dyke lamella uh okay. exchange right Valid. so i mean but is that a moss problem so and that's so fast from though a, from a referee standpoint that that discussion is exactly what you want to see okay um because so we shouldn't criticize John Moss for do- talking to the linesman as much as he did? Well, because the old rule used to be if you're standing in an offside position, if you get the ball, you're offside, period. Yeah. Full stop. But at this point, you have so many things to consider. What is the position of the attacking player? What happens with the defenders? What's the position of the defenders? Are the defenders impeded? Are they affected by the presence of the att- There's a, a bunch of things, and the assistant referee and the referee have to come together and share information like this sometimes. The funny thing is that they have headsets. They actually really don't need to get together like that. <laughs> They're probably already talking about it, yeah. but they it's just way wanna, easier to stand over They just wanted to about. make sure they got to include Emre Chan and Christian Eriksen yeah, right. in the discussion. Yeah, yeah, that right. was a really good, good well, moment. And speaking of that conversation, Sky Sports uh, produced a transcript of the conversation for the first call. Right. There was some interesting stuff in that transcript, so, specifically <laughs> referring to... 
their discussion about whether or not Lovren played the ball, and then what Martin Atkinson was getting from TV. Yeah. What is that about? I, I know nothing about the TV comments. That That's where I wash my hands of this. I, <laughs> I'll, I'll officially say I'm not a Premier League referee, so <laughs> okay. I am un, unknowledgeable about what TV they're watching. The The difficult thing is that if, if Lovren does deliberately play the ball uh, and John Moss says, I think he's played the ball, let's award the penalty, uh, it's the wrong decision if Lovren didn't. Uh, so you have a controversial situation. If Lovren did play the ball and Moss is thinking, well, I don't know, so let's assume he did not, and it's obvious, and they bring it back for offside for Harry Kane and miss what should have been a penalty, again, controversial decision. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of those moments where, you know, we've heard both sides of this. VAR fixes that situation immediately. Are you a fan of VAR? A hundred percent. Huh. Uh, there's there's nothing we can lose with VAR. Time. Well, and on average, it looks like approximately two minutes sure. on average are lost for VAR, which we can add that. How many matches have you seen where five, six, seven minutes yeah. are added? Yeah, That's It's England. We love stoppage time in England. It just creates drama. Who doesn't want more drama? Yeah, sure. And VAR fixes that situation, and it gives everybody the confidence to say, yes, he's deliberately played the ball. And even on the penalty, is there is there not contact? So it fixes both situations, quite frankly. Mm. Yeah, because um, both would have definitely been reviewed. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so that fixes that situation and um, – while there's still a conference of some sort, did he deliberately play it, did it not, they can get an objective, authoritative answer. He was offside, he wasn't, et cetera. Awesome. Andrew, thank you for clearing up situations that not only had us emotionally uh, tied into <laughs> and some of us confused. I, I literally, I was typing on Slack, I, I don't know – what the right call is. What is happening I was right a now. complete neutral. <laughs> right. Honestly, it was best for me as an Arsenal fan. I always think like that, right? Duh, to everyone who listens. But, hey, a draw is perfect for me. But I literally am watching it. My mouth was sort of draped, gaped open, and I'm thinking, what just happened? I don't even know what to call. I don't know what's a penalty anymore. Right. That's what I felt in the moment. And I had the advantage of watching it on replay, and the refs got to make that call. So kudos to them. Yeah. And in, in hindsight, obviously, kudos to the linesman who has taken a lot of heat yeah. via social media for a little while. And kudos for Andrew for being here. Yes. <laughs> and thank you for coming and clearing all this up very intelligently. Uh, I got smarter listening to you. Yeah, absolutely. And, thank and, you. For, and for the listeners that you have to understand, for referees like John Moss, or you look at the statistics, Mike Dean, you guys have... Brought him up a bunch. We love we love Mike Dean. We're going to again on this pod. Well, and if you have that penalty taker, you know, James Milner last year was taking all of them. Yeah. Uh, and if all things being the same, Mike Dean is on that match, might be worth putting in your penalty taker for that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Really interesting. Very good. Hey, thank Andrew, you, Andrew, thank you. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to, uh, to bringing you back and, and helping us get smarter. Hopefully there's another... Horrible case of drama in a match where no one understands anything. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. Scott, these, fa these, fantasy these, relevance. Yeah, these calls have fantasy relevance, too. I mean, we're not just here to learn about the laws, laws of the game. We're here because Harry Kane missing a penalty kick, whether he should or shouldn't have taken it, we mm -hmm. seem to think now that he probably should have. That leads to negative points, missing yeah. that penalty kick. Yeah. Obviously made up for it a little bit by making one a little bit later. Uh, you know, Liverpool gives yep. up a second goal in this match. Cost them two points, maybe cost you uh, a couple of points 
if you have a defender or Loris Carius in your lineup. Yeah. So these these calls are obviously uh, something worth talking about, even for a fantasy podcast. Yes, there's, there's no doubt. Burnley won. Manchester City won. Johan Berg Goodmanson scores for Burnley. Danilo scoring for City, one point on both sides. Johan Berg Goodmanson speaks for all soccer fans everywhere. Does he? Yeah, getting a draw. Hey, giving everyone false hope. Brian, that's you all deserve credit. Wants. Brian, you deserve credit. You he, brought him up in our podcast. That's last what I week. wanted to reference. Goodmanson, you, man. There was a lot of the a lot of key uh low dollar midfielders that were I mean, got like, some like the FPL showed us this week. The 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 differentials were in full swing on the dream team this week. Yeah. And uh Goodmanson was one of those guys. If you bought in on Goodmanson, if you listen on, to Brian last super week, cheap, yeah, you were rewarded. So, one, Nick Pope. Even in a game where you probably would have thought, if I'm going to bench Nick Pope, it's going to be this week. Yeah. And he's had some down performances, which is which we can talk about in one second. He still finishes with six saves. He finishes with a bonus point, which is which. If you get, I think we all agree the accomplishment of a of a goalkeeper getting a bonus point is <laughs> is outstanding. Yes. And so he still finishes with five points, even in a you know in a game where you you give up you know you give up a goal, you yeah. lose the, you know lose clean sheet, but you still basically end up with clean sheet points, which is great. And given Burnley's run coming up, like Scott, you said, you know, are we gonna how soon do we see Tom Heaton? Not super soon. I mean, he's definitely on his way back, but it's not going to be right away. Their schedule's amazing coming up. Phil Bardsley, who we talked about too, uh, who's been starting ever since Matt Lo- Matt Lowton was injured. Uh, he left at halftime of the match and was replaced by Matt Lowden, who is healthy again, who is not getting his spot back because of Phil Bardsley. But now, Bardsley with a knee injury, mm. Matt Lowden is the same price. He is 4.3. 4. 4. And Matt Lowden got the assist on the Goodmanson goal. Interesting. So Matt Lowden was starting all season until he got hurt. Bardsley comes in and does not give up his spot and is now hurt. Not sure exactly how hurt, but I would say at, at minimum he's a doubt for this weekend. Okay. So Matt Lowton is a one-for-one one exact dollar amount replacement for Phil Bardsley and a good way into the, depending on how they end up arranging their defense, could be right back in and starting again uh, for, Bru- for Burnley. Brian, you referenced uh, Burnley's good schedule. At Swansea, home to Southampton, home to Everton, at West Ham. That's pretty good next four it's, games. It's as, it's as, about as good Chelsea. as you can hope for. Then they play Chelsea, and Chelsea uh, is not in good form currently. Yeah, now they maybe, play Chelsea maybe in a at month, home. Maybe in a month they'll, they'll right. be better. But anyways, and then the rest of their, the their schedule is great. So, but now, listen, we said a few weeks ago, I did, my opinion was that don't buy any Burnley players till after the City game. Well, the City game is gone. I think Burnley is going to have – more their mojo, their defensive mojo back, where before owning a defender, Burnley defender, wasn't wasn't paying off. I, th- I think it will in the next month. Um, another guy that is worth mentioning here, which he would be in the uh, the injury roundup, but I we mentioned I mentioned a couple weeks ago saying it was weird that we haven't heard almost anything about Stephen Ward uh, in weeks. He's been hurt for. A long while now, 
Well, Stephen Ward probably will be back this weekend. His Speaking of guys who have dropped uh, a good bit compared to where they were, I, he had to be close to five, if not at five at some point, just because he was one of the most owned defenders in all of FPL. He played 75 minutes for the U23s Monday. Burnley have not won since he got hurt. That's interesting. So five draws and four losses since the Stephen Ward injury. Now, I know they've had other issues. They've had other injuries in there, but Stephen Ward is one, another one of those guys that should be back. If not this weekend, I would say it's near a near certainty he's back in two weeks and a, and a could, should just step right back into where he was and what he was doing. Before everyone listening to this podcast bought, uses their free transfer and buys a Burnley defender or Nick Pope, any cause for concern that they're going, hear me out on this, that they're going to Swansea this coming weekend? Um, I think Swansea's used up all their good playing chips. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> the, the wave they've, no, look, they got up for the other games. This okay. has classic letdown all over it. Okay. Right. In my opinion. So they beat Swansea at home 2-0 the last time. You know, when they played him earlier in the season. That yeah, was but that 12. was a different Swansea. <laughs> it was. And, and a, a different, different Burnley. Burnley. True. That's fair. Very true. Um, I mean, I don't know that it's fair. To, we can talk about the stats specifically against that they had against Leicester. Um, I just I just am not very concerned about the Swansea attack. Okay. Um, the only other you is going to... It's gonna frustrate you. Yeah, I, that's that's very he very well could. Yep, that's um, a good point. The only other guy, since nothing really happened on the city side other than Raheem Sterling, are you? We'll gonna, get to that. Um, and Danilo's goal was great. Yeah, it was. And we mentioned him a few weeks ago as one of those guys that if you knew that if Danilo you knew was, was going play. to start, if yep. you knew he was going to play more frequently, you would have him in a heartbeat. Yeah, he's five dollars even. Well, City didn't even fill their bench. Yeah. So can Pepe's, we count and on Pepe's Danilo? whining because he didn't get to buy more players. Scott, what are you supposed to do when you don't have enough guys? I know. I know. Isn't that sad? Yeah. It's sound, he sounded a lot like what I imagine Scrooge McDuck would sound like <laughs> if he was a fantasy soccer so or, not, or a, a Premier League uh, football manager. Hey, um, this is a real quick mention. Is, does Aaron Lennon carry, carry any weight? I mean, he looked pretty good. I think he, he did. He hit the woodwork. No, we I talked think, about Aaron Lennon in our caused, in our in our. On our stutter dud no, no. podcast, I know, and I, I'm pretty sure I said dud, but he looked a little bit more studdish this match. Yeah, he didn't do anything to hurt his standing, that's for sure. I think that he you, did exactly what we said he was going to do. Almost score. It's the only thing we were right about it: studs <laughs> or duds. That's <laughs> true. For one week, you're exactly right. I think that if you're in a situation where you need to replace someone in the midfield. You need to do it at a discount price, right? I think he's in that category of guy that you. He's could a five point four, yeah. right? And that was exactly what we said. Goodmanson is five. Yeah, right. And right. I'd rather have Goodmanson. And you said, yeah. But Aaron Lennon is pacey. The other guy is Bernardo Silva. That's really the only. The, he's in an advanced role yes. in this formation. And so per, yeah, but Opta, Jesus is coming back, right? Who? Jesus. Doesn't matter. He's filling in for Leroy Sané right now. So Bernardo Silva, per Opta stats, has been involved in 10 goals for City in, his, in the last 15 matches, all competitions. Three goals and seven assists. Leroy Sané is not coming back till March, at least. 
I mean, it's six or seven weeks. And now that we can also talk about Gabriel Jesus a little bit more specifically when we get to the injury roundup, I'm more prone to believe that that's a real timeline, hmm. that six or seven weeks is actual. These are these are uh, real weeks, not pep weeks. Yes, this is <laughs> Pep's weeks are starting to align more more consistently with the rest of humanity's weeks. Yeah, um, I had Bernardo Silva two weeks ago. I oh. had him in on a wild on my wild card. Really, he did not return anything, and so I promptly got rid of him after he returned nothing. <laughs> Good job for Theo Walcott, and so it was a nice flip flop of getting points and then. I mean, getting no yeah. points and then getting no points. <laughs> but I just want to say, the reason why I say that is because Bernardo Silva is 7.4, and he's yeah. 1% owned. And That's an interesting and, stat. And right now, I mean, he's as likely to do, be involved in their goals as Leroy Sané is. I mean, how much better can you get in 15 matches than three goals and seven assists? So yeah, that's impressive. Just that's a, as a just as a guy to throw out there in that because we have a bunch of those guys that are in the seven dollar range, and Bernardo Silva I think is one of the is one definitely worth considering. And since we're doing this a day ahead of the FPL, uh, well, we about the same time. You'll probably be able to read about this in the ones to watch articles that they do because tomorrow they're doing one on Bernardo Silva. Very wow! Look at you. Just look saying. At, look at you. Hey. Scott, before we get to what I know you want to discuss, yeah, should we be concerned uh, about Kevin DeBrowna or Aguero going into this month where they got a lot of games? Well, it depends. Yes, they have a lot of matches, and so you would think that there's probably going to be some rotation. However, if they truly don't have enough senior players to play, then you would have to say... Maybe not. Maybe they're just going to have to tough it out. I, and th- at that really, point, you'd just be worried about fatigue. I'm really starting to be concerned, mainly because their lead is so big in the in the premiership mm. that it it might not. And I referenced this, I think, a couple weeks ago. It might the premiership title might not be a priority because they, they their lead is so big. That's going to be an issue in April. And, and they want to win other. Matches yes. well, but that's was, that's not going to mean. Well, the first cup match they have coming up in February against Arsenal, they got the League Cup match, and so the the week prior, are they going to rest some people? You know, like I I don't know. It's it's just going to be interesting. Pep is going to prioritize that League Cup trophy. There's no doubt. I know he will. He he'll, wants he'll play to the, win four competitions. I, I well, and and kudos to him. He's get, got the chance. Give to it, it a roll. Sure. Yeah. However, I don't see. If injury is still an issue, he's not going to have a choice. There's no way he's going to play youth academy players in the Premier League. There's no way. Especially not in February. He's not going to. The, now, in the, April or May, the, sure. The guys who are going to get obliterated by this is every single defender on the team. Because there's, like, none, Because right? if John Stones has a, a, a knee knock right now, yeah. and Vincent Company is, like, the, he's on like gorilla glue and duct tape holding together what's left of his knee and they got thigh. Laporte. They got Laporte or Right. And so you get Danilo, you get Zinchenko, you get all these guys who are coming in and filling in spots and are just gonna kinda rotate. And like we said, you know, I I mean I asked, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's the question is out there, what happens to Otamendi here soon, who's played like every single game for them all season long? Like, I mean 
it's obvious this is another match where they gave up another goal. Yeah. yeah. It keeps happening. This time it cost them two points. Right. There was no doubt at all that the Cameron Jerome Wasteful Player of the Week award was going to be given out on this pod. If you if you thought maybe we weren't going to talk about what we're about to talk about. You're crazy. You're crazy. Uh, this was the Jeromeist non-Jerome oh. play potentially in the history of our podcast. Yeah. There have been some big misses. Raheem Sterling's in front of the goal. Misses. I mean, like, I don't need to say anymore. If you're watching the match, you know exactly. Even if you're not, even if you didn't watch it, the match, you've heard about this miss. It just is It's so fascinating because it honestly, at that moment, is harder to miss yes, it is. than to score. That's right. It literally is harder to miss because the angle, he was so close to the goal, the angle that he has to screw this up with is so fantastic for him to literally miss the goal. The ball was almost going in the goal by itself. It's true. It what is was he, two yards out? Fascinating. Three? Not that far. He was close. He was close I enough. I believe the, the match commentary specifically said how only Raheem Sterling knows how Raheem Sterling missed that goal. Yeah. I think my favorite part of the play, though, and I'm going to not... I'm not going to pull any punches. Like this is the Liverpool fan in me coming out. I'm sure, but I think my favorite part of this play was when he flopped to the ground like a petulant child and, and banged. He slammed the ground with yeah. like both hands. Yeah, and he, he had let, his speed took him into the goal, so he's kind of laying on the goal line and kind of smacks his like he started. It looked like he started to do it really aggressively, and right as he's about to hit the ground, he realized uh, that might not be a good idea. Like I might, I might really hurt myself. Honestly, it kind of reminded me of one of my young children throwing a temper tantrum yeah. for a minute. Yeah, and I just enjoyed watching that. Now, obviously, a bad miss. He's he's taking a lot of heat for this. City are still what fifteen points up. I mean, it's not it's not going to matter in no, the grand scheme of the not season. Aren't they thirteen? Isn't it down to thirteen yeah, now? It, it might be. Maybe. Yeah, United. Well, how won. close will it have United to get won. until you say, "Okay, I'm paying attention a little bit closer well, now." Well, seven or eight. I was yeah. gonna say it's got to get below single digits, or you not below, but into single digits right. and then some before it becomes a concern. What, I, it's it's just we we just have for a minute while I was watching this match, I thought to myself, "Do I need to ask the boys if we should rename this award because <laughs> this miss was so bad?" No, but it, 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 the interesting part is um, w for him. It, it, I I haven't seen a video close enough to like see his eyes, but the the I've heard some pundits pontificate. The reason why he missed it is it was so easy. He just he pulled it. He lifted his head up. It, it's almost like if anyone any golfers out there, you know, sometimes you just almost miss the ball. He Nick right? Young did. This is not an NBA podcast. But when Nick Young shot for the Lakers, it's that famous uh, gif or jif, depending on your pronunciation, of him turning around as he's thinking the ball is dropping into the hoop and it rims out. <laughs> right, right. Like, or, or you know, a golfer lining up, line, lining up a shot, and you literally hit it so bad because you you pull your head out of the shot. You're not looking at the ball when you hit it, and therefore the result is horrible. And and some uh, I heard some pundits. Uh, say that maybe they thought that uh, that that's that's what the issue was. In other words, like he he it was so easy. He didn't really have to. Yeah. He just he just took his eyes off the ball and wasn't looking. I wonder how many FPL Cup matches were decided 
Oh, by good the span call. of a Raheem Sterling miss. Wow, like this one. Excellent, excellent call there, Scott. Manchester United two, Huddersfield nil. I think United fans will be happy to see a scoreline that includes the names Romelu Lukaku and Alexis Sanchez. There goes Lukaku, just just chugging along. Yeah. Just continuing to be just fine. Just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad, not great, but just fine. What what, what do we think about Lukaku? We think that you should buy Obama Yang. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we do. I do, for sure. Look, there's a .5 difference between Lukaku and Aguero. I think you have your answer. Lukaku's last four games, 5-5, 2-6. scored. He's been scoring Right, goals. and Aguero's last five games, 6-5, 17-6-2. <laughs> so it's not, it's not because he's not going to just be consistent. I mean, he, right. he's still playing really well. And Even when he was down, we kept mentioning he's getting right. assists here. His, right, his scores were still fine. Fine. Right, his scores were exactly <laughs> fine. Fine. But... If, I just don't think it's. I just don't think, n- not now. I have not looked at Alexis's points. Did he lose points for missing the, yes, the penalty? He did. And yes, then he, he did. got so points he, for the goal. And he so he finished with five okay. total right. for the match. And interestingly, uh, also currently on the FPL, uh, they have a another article on there right now, making the argument that Alexis Sanchez will struggle to get bonus points. Huh. Um, and their reasoning is mostly because he gets tackled and dispossessed at a higher rate than almost anyone else really? in the in so far. So there's a, the the stat right now is 78 times. He's been tackled 78 times so far this season, which is more than any other player on Manchester United. Um if you're a United fan, you were frustrated that Alexis wasn't getting enough fouls called on him. If you're yeah. a fan of any other club, you thought Alexis was being a baby. Probably, Which yes. one is more accurate? Well, that's the thing. So they had, even in the stat in the game, he was dispossessed or tackled seven times just during the Huddersfield match. So their, what their argument is, is that you lose, you lose points in their bonus point system every time that happens. And since he's doing this more often than anyone, he stands the chance of losing bonus points more often than than even his attacking returns will get. Because when he was with Arsenal, because he was the primary goal threat and he was scoring more than, by far more than anyone else on the team, it it balanced out. Sure. Where with United, he's competing with Lukaku, with Pogba, with Martial, with Martial definitely. Lingard. Potentially Rashford. Lingard, and right, he's got way more goal scoring competition. Actually, Young, Valencia. maybe <laughs> Fellaini when he gets back from his <laughs> knee surgery. De Gea, um, yeah, and and they, they named De Gea. They talked about that that because the defensive guys, they're a way more defensive team. Mm-hmm. The defense has as much of a chance of getting bonus points as any of the offense. Jones does. and Valencia and De Gea owners know this, right? Yes. So, not that he's. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be matches where he's probably going to get all three. He's going to have a great game somewhere out there, and it's just going to be impossible. He'll have he'll have the most bonus points. But anyway, I feel like it's it's definitely an interesting consideration, especially knowing that you're going to spend almost two dollars more for him mm. than you. Well, wait, he's twelve point seven or something. Who? Sanchez. Sanchez is eleven point eight. 
11.8. So it's almost two full dollars more. Than Henrik McTarian? No, than, than Mo Salah. Yeah, sure. 1.6 no, no. more than Salah. Exactly. It's He's not a dollar more, a dollar, a yes. dollar and, you know, a dollar more than Hazard. No, no, I so, agree. So, anyway. For those who uh, heard our pod last week and heard me say you could triple captain Alexis right away, <laughs> with the evidence of the bonus point system in mind, with his missed penalty kick calculated into his points, I feel the need to apologize to anyone who went out and did that. Lots of people captained him, but... I, yeah, I mean, I still feel like his price. Scott, you made a compelling argument last week for Stutter Dud. I just feel like his price, even reference to Salah and/or the emergence. I mean, I know it's only been one week of Mctarian, and/or very possibly until he gets hurt again, Aaron Ramsey, and/or you oh, know, please don't mention another Arsenal player. I, it is truly coincidence that I did mention those two okay. players. Fair no, enough. I mean this was this was it. It was these two games. It was home against Huddersfield that everyone just started salivating as soon as they saw yeah. like one of his doggies that <laughs> they just, they start salivating at the matchup like and, umber. Right, and nothing <laughs> happens. And so, yeah, going in and now going to Newcastle, they score two at home against the one of the worst teams playing right now on form. Yeah, I'd be a little bit. I don't. I'm not. I wouldn't expect a big giant return from Sanchez going to Newcastle. The picture of the weekend was the welcome Alexis, and then also his dog oh, yeah. named in the banner yeah. as well. Uh, hey, as as salivating as uh, or, or as I guess saliva inducing as this matchup was for owners of United players, it had to be frustrating when they saw the lineup and saw that Phil Jones wasn't anywhere in the eighteen. Yeah. And Paul Pogba was starting on the bench. Yeah. It, and Martial. What the heck? Well, what the heck? Phil Jones was out with an illness. We know that. Yeah, because is, of our injury protocol? In a segment we like to no, because call. Because of his sister's Instagram feed. <laughs> in, <sighs> in the segment we like to call, the whole world still has the flu. No, that's true. Uh, <laughs> Phil Jones was out with an illness. So he, you assume he's back. Although, if it was up to Manchester United fans, I don't know that he would be back after His the, own goal. after the Tottenham game. Um, now, then the question is, so Martial is probably, it was more rest, but now there is a big question about whether or not this is Mourinho teaching Pogba a lesson. And so there was, a, there was at least one, uh, it was a former player, I can't remember offhand who it was, who said, oh yeah, easy enough, to show him uh, to teach him a lesson by benching him at home against Huddersfield. You want to teach him a lesson? Bench him in a few weeks against Liverpool. Bench him in a game that matters mm-hmm. and really send him a lesson. So I mean it was obviously I mean a lot of people pointed out the argument that he was having with Mourinho during the Tottenham game. It makes me nervous about him. And I know we every I mean we talked about him like he was clo- you know he could be close to like a fixture in the Lineup. Yeah. He makes me nervous because, as much as he wants to attack, it just doesn't seem like Mourinho wants him to be up as much because I think he feels like he needs to be, you know, a, a little bit more defensive. I mean, that seems to be the that seemed to be the argument is that he was not defending and kind of playing the position that he wanted him to be. So now he gets a little bit of a slap on the wrist, you know? Yeah, I don't know, man. That that whole thing's fishy. 
I don't know how why it's so hard to see that you let Pogba play up front with no responsibilities because that's where he thrives. Bring in uh, Modic and Andrew Herrera to sit in front of the defense and and let let Pogba go play wherever the frick he wants. I mean, I, I don't understand how difficult that is to see. But Mourinho has showed us before he's a dumbass. You should sign up for to be a Manchester United manager. Get in line behind Ryan Giggs. Watford 4, Chelsea 1, Troy Deeney scoring from the penalty spot. Daryl Yanmott, De Lefeu, and Roberto Pereira also scoring for Watford. Uh, Eden Hazard puts in the lone goal for Chelsea. This whole scoreline centered around a red card 30 minutes in for Bakayoko. Dummy. Welcome back, De Lefeu. Yeah. He's looked, <laughs> to Holy my shame, he has looked good in these two matches. Uh, yes, not only he has. that, Yeah, not only that... Uh, with Watford's injury list, which includes just about every midfielder that they have, uh, I can't imagine that De La Fe is going anywhere. Will that. this last? Um, or is it flash in the pan? The, it is uh, possible. It feels flashish to me. But that just means you need to buy him sooner rather than later and try to capitalize on this as much well, as possible, you would, right? You'd say, uh. you'd say at least, Dave, since you're looking at it right now, you have it up, Scott? Yeah, I got it. Their next three matches, you say, okay, I could see De Lefeu having some good matches against West Ham at West oh, Ham, he, home yeah, against Everton. You don't think he's going to be up for that Everton game? West Brom, yeah. I mean, I just think, I mean, he's got th- at least the next three where you say this could actually happen. Maybe maybe it's really turns good for them here. But I don't know. I mean, well, it, it's, it's, just, it's just who else are you getting at that price? Look, at this point, uh, just – to avoid me looking continually looking stupid on a regular basis, which I know probably already happens, but we'll just say that anyways. Salah didn't do anything when he was at uh, Chelsea and goes away to Roma and turns into a world beater and comes back and proves me wrong. Um, De La Feu had chances at Everton, leaves, goes back to Barcelona. I don't know why. I think he's been playing for their B team, but he was so he was so valuable. Barcelona sold him back to a Premier League team, yeah, and and or loaned him. I can't remember if he's for sale or loan. Uh, it was a deadline day. What uh, move was what it felt like. But bottom line is, I don't know what to think about him, yeah. Because I've been he he's looked hungry, he's looked dangerous getting behind defenses. He is a legitimate option in what is becoming a long list of legitimate midfielder options. His yeah, cost definitely. is 6.0. Yeah, Sounds and I, great I price. can. It, it's a good Same price. Same price as Shakiri, almost. Like I'd rather own Shakiri than De La Feu, right? I mean, so I mean that that becomes the question. And yeah, sure, he could be a good start, but unless you're a Watford fan, which you could be, but if you're not, then I feel like there's better options. I, I think they have comparable. I I I'll, we'll talk about Shakiri more when we get to Stoke in an hour, but but, <laughs> but listen. <laughs> There's the schedule, the next three, I mean, this is what you're looking at, just in, in short-term matches. The next three are good for both. Stoke have three good matches coming up. Watford have three good matches coming up. So, you know, I think I think you, I mean, you just... And with this many clubs... <coughs> roll, the, the, roll the dice. That's ex- and that's what it is. With this many clubs in the relegation battle, who knows? Yeah. These results are crazy. I mean, look, we're going to get to... You know, West Brom, Southampton, who saw that one coming? I mean, I'm looking at the score, the scores from all 10 matches this weekend. 
There was one clean sheet. Yeah, Manchester United's United. clean sheet on Huddersfield was the only one in the Premier League yep. this past yeah. weekend. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Uh, Chelsea. Uh, do you guys own any Chelsea players currently? I own uh, one. No, I do in the draft league, and uh, it's killing me. I, I mean, own, this is this I is own, getting concerning now. Yes, right? definitely. I own Eden Hazard. I captain Eden Hazard this week. Oh well, he scored. Which no, he at scored, least he good. scored, and he did finish with a bonus point in the match. That's so good. I still, I mean, it didn't kill me. I mean, it would have. Right. I, I should have done the, the smart thing. Obviously, was to captain Salah, which only dummies don't don't captain him, right, Dave? That's right. Um, That's right. No, I definitely would be concerned, especially because. You know, rumors of him being kind of attached at the hip with Conte and all the rumors surrounding Conte, you know, is is he going to be fired? Is he not going to be fired? And, you know, like I, I if Antonio Conte is any is comparable in any way to American actor Nick Nolte, <laughs> I think <laughs> it looks like we've reached the drunk driving mugshot phase oh. of Antonio Conte's <laughs> managerial career at what Chelsea. In the world? <laughs> that was random, but I loved it. In just a season and a half, he's gone from from Premier League starlet to drunk guy in a Hawaiian shirt getting his mugshot and <laughs> and talking about what where he's storing his drugs. Speaking of so, uh speaking of uh, being a drunk guy, that seems to be how Gary Cahill's defending these days. <laughs> wow. Scary. Yeah, scary definitely. for England. Well, scary if you're a fan of England and you're planning to root for them in the World Cup this summer. Well, you saw the team sheet. As soon as it came out, uh, however many million people it is that own Marcus Alonso immediately uh, slapped their heads with their hands yep. because he was out. Shock absence prior to the match said to be precautionary. On the grounds that he is a bit tired. Interesting. Conte's exact wording to talk about Marcus Alonso. I have he, no doubt that's true. Chelsea yes. have played a lot of matches. Yes. Uh, in a short period of time, they're coming out of that period, and they, they've been tired for a little while now. This is not a surprise result necessarily, especially when you consider they had to work with 10 men for roughly an hour in this match. Uh, and uh, you know, Mike Dean, the one who sent off Bakayoko, that's you know. It was warranted, right? I mean, it was two cards. Uh, the second second yellow might have been a little. Yeah, soft, it seemed like but... the second one was the questionable one. Yeah, but but what are you lunging for, man? It's true. That's absolutely valid. And it came. I mean, that was probably the fourth bad play that he'd made in in the span of a half hour. Mm -hmm. So he was just having a rough night all around. But regardless, you know, you really have to be concerned about any Chelsea players that you own. Yeah, definitely. And this run of matches that was so good for them uh, is about to get a little rockier. I mean, you know, a couple weeks ago, I would have been really optimistic about them playing at home to West Brom. Now, I'm just like, you know, where before you might have said, hey, Hazard's a pretty good differential captain going into that game. Now I'm like, man, I sure hope he scores or gets an assist in that game because mm. they're playing like garbage. And then they go to United and City back-to-back after that interesting so i mean it's it's rough uh and i would say it's probably most rough for the defenders yeah who really it's i mean they're poor i think alonzo was i mean alonzo's was just so shocking as is just such a rock uh courtois heart is in madrid so i just don't know courtois that first goal for for watford uh that, that came from the penalty spot. That was also the result of a 
Courtois dive yeah. to the ground, reaching out for the ball, very minimal contact in that play too. I mean, it reminded me of the Carius Kane yeah. play that we spent time talking about the, the, earlier here in our in our pod. I I have to just wonder at what point, if you're a goalkeeper, do you learn how to do a pump fake? Like you're well, going to go down to the ground and see what the player does. In my mind, there are only there's four possible results. If you pump fake and then actually don't dive down for the ball, there's only, there's one of four things that can happen. One, hilariously, the attacking player can fall to the ground anticipating contact and look like an idiot and get carded for simulation. Two, and that, that one would require a pretty good pump fake. But I, the, yeah, very good pump. I, you you yeah. could see that happening, though, the way these guys yeah. are anticipating the contact now. They know the keeper is going to ground to go get that ball, and, and they're dragging that foot out. I hate that play. I don't care who is doing it, what club, whether it benefits my club. I don't care. I hate it when I poke the ball forward a little bit and then I leave my other leg behind just to try to get a little contact with the keeper so that I can go down and get a penalty kick called for my club. I hate that. Goalkeepers need to react, and they need to start just pump faking and see what happens. It could be a dive. Second thing that happens, that that poking the ball forward before I anticipate the contact, that, that could lead the ball to go out of play. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Go out of play for a goal kick. That that's that could happen because a lot of times these balls are kicked forward with no intent to score, just to get to the ball sure. so that I can get the contact for the penalty. So they could kick it out of play and no harm done because I didn't I didn't create a penalty uh, at that point. The third thing that could happen is a goal gets scored. It'd be a tight angle in some of these plays, but it could happen. And you know what? You were going to give it up anyway, probably if you go to the ground and get a penalty called on you. And the fourth thing that could happen. I don't remember the fourth thing anymore. Well, he oh, kicks it into the goal. I was going to stop you. I was number you. three. Oh, okay. I was going to stop you. Yeah. But you were so into it, I just wanted to let you keep going. But Andrew, the ref, yeah. clarified that earlier when he and I were talking. He said it's it's one of the laws. You're not allowed to lunge or fake at a player. So a goalkeeper is not allowed to do like a pump fake at someone or like kind of act like they're going to die You're telling me that if, if a goalkeeper – like starts to go and stops himself from going down to the ground to get the ball that they're still going to call a penalty. There is no way that is I don't part know. of the interpretation I don't, of that Okay, law. so I don't know what the call is. We'll have to save that next time for Andrew the ref, but I'm I'm positive he said that you're not allowed to lunge or like yell like if someone's Well, sure. Right? Like so so you I'm not, not saying to, the keeper has to yell as he does it. I'm just saying he he starts to act like he's going to go to ground and ends up he you know he's going to come back yeah, to defend I, his goal instead. I don't know what the there's what no the, way there's no way Dave they're going to call that a penalty. I'm not saying they're going to call it a penalty. Maybe it's an indirect kick. One of those weird things where you see in the box where they'll they'll have an indirect kick and you'll you'll try to set a weird <laughs> weird wall up. But I'm just saying I think that's a call. Anyways, Arsenal five five Dave. Five. Arsenal five. Everton one. Aaron Ramsey making every celebrity <laughs> duck for cover with his hat trick. Oh, man. Koscielny and Obama Yang also scoring for the Gunners. Dominic Calvert-Lewin with a consolation goal for Everton. Look, I don't want to overreact, but, I mean, it's fun, too. Let's just overreact. By all Arsenal, put in a request to Fantasy Premier League to own more than three Arsenal players. Hey, look, it's a good week. Is it going to continue? I don't know. Brian, they could go back to being completely inconsistent. But I know this, that on some level, there's some form of new locker room chemistry. Uh, and, and that matters in sports sometimes. 
sometimes yeah, you need something new, like you know, to keep to keep an edge or just to kind of make yourself curious. No, but in all seriousness as well, there's a lot with Walcott, Conklin, uh, Giroux, and Sanchez leaving. There's a lot of guys who've been in that locker room for a long time, yeah. and bringing in some new guys. Um, Ozil resigns his his contract. All of a sudden, what seemed like going into the transfer window a really shaky situation ends up you leave it and you're like, man, I feel pretty good about this right now. And so I don't know, man. I feel like there's some new locker room mojo going on, and everyone's got good tingly feelings. And with Chelsea fading, you see a route to fourth. There's no listen. It's true. Chelsea looks really bad right now, and uh, Arsenal. Arsenal, looks good. Now, like, listen, as Matt says, Matt, my brother Matt like, loves to call them ever garbage, and I think that's kind of a harsh name. I feel but, like it would, he should do Trasherton. Tra- <laughs> he probably now will, will refer to them as Trasherton. But Everton looked horrible, and I'm sure Sam got into it. And so was it Arsenal looking good, or was it Everton just being real bad? Probably somewhere in the in between. That's enough for my Arsenal moment. Hey, Aubameyang scored. He was offside, but he scored. For, <laughs> that's worth something in fantasy because this not guy played hey, onside hey, by an errant kick. Hey, yes, but you this know what? guy started him. Can I can I tell you something though? Yeah, sure. He's still a Bamiang, the Dortmund Bamiang, as evidenced by the fact that he was the player with the fewest number of touches hey, in this match. It doesn't matter how many times he you touch it. He switches off all the time. It doesn't dude. matter how many times you touch it, as long as you score. Okay, he did get one. Shouldn't have, but he did. Scores the same in fantasy, which is lucky for you. And, uh, and the rest of the people who jumped on board, I'm just saying right now, the way he plays will not work if he doesn't stay on. Exactly. Yeah, That's not true. Um, I disagree. Only because look who's serving him up. All right, we'll see. When when we have a, a, a sorrowful pod because Arsenal's lost 4-2 to two in a few weeks and Aubameyang doesn't score either of those goals, I'm going to remind you that Fair we enough. had this conversation. Look, I don't expect him to score every week, right? I like to have a goal every other week. Okay. Well, someone who didn't score in this match but definitely contributed is Henrik McTarian. Yep. Yes, and I, by my biggest regret of the week was, um, well, I used my wild card this week. I was in dire straits with my goalkeepers. Mares was flipping out and... And there was a couple other defensive scenarios, and I, I had to go with my wild card this week. Biggest mistake in regret of the week was I started Martial yeah. instead of McTarian. And, and I had a debate there, but I didn't want to seem like the, the complete Arsenal homer that I am. So I'm like, well, I already had, I just added Obama Yang. Do I really need to add McTarian? Massive mistake. And for fantasy wise, not adding McTarian already cost me. He was a 7.6 before the game, before the game was over. Because I made the switch after yeah. the game. He was at 7.7. You know where he is right now, Brian? 7.8. Yes, he is. Yeah, people are jumping all over it. Um, and Obama Yang, for those out there who haven't made that switch yet, over 100,000 people have already brought him in. He's still at 10.5. I don't anticipate that staying there. Yeah, it's probably not going to. Sun or McTarian? Sun's at, what, 8? Something like that. So right around the same price. Sun, sun in two weeks. Let them let them finish out the the North London Derby, uh, and then let them get into this. Let them get into this run that they got to the end of the season. Interesting. You'd rather have McTarian against Spurs than Son against Arsenal. I would rather. Yes. Hmm. I think that is interesting. I don't even. Here, I don't know. We yeah, I we'll that. talk about Spurs when we get to Spurs, but 
they they have crushed their in two weeks they've crushed what they needed to do in big top six matchups so yeah controversy or not they got a draw at at Liverpool, right and they they destroyed united did and now they get a revenge game at home against arsenal i don't care who arsenal got i'm gonna have to talk myself out of captaining harry kane this week <laughs> um, Harry Kane no. loves to score against Arsenal. No, I think no. I just think they're playing really well. And the other big thing for Spurs, whenever I mean, not that this is this is not the Spurs segment, but they're clean bill of health, man. There is no one. Every single player for them is training with the first team. So I I just feel like everything is pointing up. I feel like Liverpool, Arsenal, and Spurs could all finish in the top four if things keep going right for them. Chelsea is just plummeting right now, and I, I know United's ahead of them, but interesting. I just feel like all three of those teams are just the arrows like are trying to up soar harder. Yeah, yep. it is interesting how City or not City United. Every time I look at the table, I'm always surprised. Oh yeah, they're second. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're second. Um, millions of people brought in Nacho Monreal. He was replaced at halftime. With illness. He almost in, scored again. In our continuing segment of the entire world has the flu. He had a header off the, the woodwork again. Yeah, he's got a t- he's got a taste for goal, as they said during the match. Holy no, smokes. He's got a taste for the crossbar. Um and well and what's up with him getting hurt like going out in the half every well, game? He got, now? he got a knock in the one game and now he's sick, so he's it's not gonna be lengthy absence. I'd be more concerned about the fact that they they don't keep clean sheets at all. Ever. No. Um Dave, McTarian is the first, according to Opta stats again, uh first Arsenal player to have three assists in a match since would you like to guess since who and when? Is it is he a current Arsenal player? He is current. He is Ozil. I would go no. I would have Ramsey. No. Wilshire? No. He's current. He might not be active. Oh, Cazorla. Yes. Santi. In 2013 against Wigan. Wow. Wow. That's big time. That, that's really interesting. Look. That's that's two relegations ago. From yeah. Wigan. Dave, I, uh, you got your wish. Nias kicked uh, Petr Cech really hard, which means you are going to have a doubtful check for this weekend. Yeah, I was kind of kind – of I think hoping that uh, Peter Check, I, I, I don't know what's happened to him, Petr Check, uh, but he hasn't been his best this year. This is where I wanted to do a segment, and one of our favorite, one of our most favorite, famous segments ever. Yeah, sure. In this part, but we kind of already answered the question because the segment it's our it's the segment everyone clamors for every week. The segment two weeks ago, we asked each other how many Arsenal players you owned and were going to own, and we all said zero. But now, how many will you buy and when? It's that favorite segment that we always do. <laughs> That's true. Well, what? Um, no, it's just it's Ramsey, it's McTarian, it's Obama Yang. What? It's, it's Aaron Ramsey it's whatever, muddies the it's field. Defensive guys. Is, is Ramsey a better own than McTarian? Ramsey's a seven Yeah, that's not going to last long either. And and here's yet. Well, he was at a six point nine before the game started. What a right? steal! I just wonder. Remember, Scott, Scott, you referenced this earlier in the season, right around week eight or right around week 10 after Ramsey reeled off a 12 and a nine. You said, Dave, what's going to happen? I said, look, as long as he's healthy, he tends to stay hot when he's when he's healthy. Has it been six matches yet? No, it hasn't. It's only been two. 
since his last injury? Uh, yeah, he's since back. His last, he's been back for two games. Okay, well, for a month you've got you've got some. Play. I just listen. He looks to be a good own too, and and if you're if you're choosing between him and McTarian, he's a lot cheaper, and you might get you might get as much or more results. Who from did him. he kill with his hat trick? Uh, unfortunately, he killed actor John Mahoney, aka Martin Crane. Yeah. A.K.A. Fraser's dad. May he yeah. rest in peace. Uh, unfortunately. I have a fantasy-relevant Scott's dad of the day. Okay. Something we need to keep in mind for next year. And now it's time for Scott's stat of the day. Uh, the stat is 151. 151. Interesting. That is the number of goals in this Arsenal-Everton fixture in Premier League history, making it the highest-scoring Premier League fixture in history. That's fascinating. Wow. Yeah. Because I would, I would have guessed... Liverpool Arsenal? Yeah. Yeah, for one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. That's... Tottenham and anyone else in the top six, maybe? Uh, no, it is Everton and Arsenal. 151 goals now have been scored. Wow. Um, we don't have to stay on Everton very long, other than we've since we already know that the shine has worn off uh, several matches ago. For Again. Big Sam, yeah. Uh, two things. One, I think it's time to move on from John Joe Shelby. I mean, John Joe, John Joe Kenny. Him too. <laughs> Both of them. But John Joe Kenny for Everton, yeah. only because we already saw that Seamus Coleman, when Seamus Coleman is available, he will play mm-hmm. and not John Joe Kenny. Um, so now that bargain is, I think, dead because he's no consist- no guarantee of a consistent start. Because Big Sam said Seamus was rested and for this match. not wasn't sure if he would play and would have played anyway, that they're going to monitor Seamus, of course, with the injury, which, of course, is smart. I just think that means as long as Sheamus feels good, they're going to play Sheamus. So it's it's going to be hit or miss. The other thing, just wanted to say, on January 21st, Sam Allardyce said, we have not got a lot of legs in the team, and we need to be quicker. We've increased that with Theo and Yannick, mm-hmm. Walcott and Belasi, of course. When he gets back to full, when Yannick gets back to full fitness, but in midfield you have to be able to cover the ground. I think Rooney and Gilfie playing together are very shrewd, very clever and talented players, but in actual terms of covering the ground, it is difficult. It's mm. not their strength. So I have to make a big decision: who plays this one and who plays the next one. Something he said he will have to cope with for the rest of the season. I would say. It makes Wayne Rooney and Gilfie Sigurdsson not ownable. absolutely not ownable. Yeah, unless someone gets injured that cements their spot. Rooney is still eleven point one percent owned. Gilfie's only two percent, but there is no way they're going to be on the field at the same time, except in probably certain situations. You know, Rooney, Rooney is going to take penalties when he's out there, but like you saw here. There's no guarantee he's going to even be out there anymore. It's true. I really liked how Gilfie looked midweek when Everton beat Leicester. Yeah. And Walcott put in the brace. Uh, Gilfie assisted on one of those goals. I liked how that looked a yes. lot. And like you said, if if I knew that that meant Gilfie would play and Rooney would sit, yes, great. Yes, way but different. that's not what Sam said. No. Yeah. Anyway. It's hard. It is, and it stinks for Gilfie. And those of us who love him. Yeah. Lester won. Swansea won. 
Jamie Vardy and Federico Fernandez putting in the goals in this one. Well, Federico really bailed me out fantasy-wise this week. Yeah, you had two defender goals this week. Yes, I, I did. started. I swapped uh, Federico uh, for Phil Bardsley at the last minute, uh, even though I was starting Casper Schmeichel, and I was hoping for nil-nil. It did uh, did Federico? Uh-huh. Uh, is he on your your draft team? No, he's not. Surprisingly, right? Yes, yeah. that is a surprise. But no, Federico Fernandez. We said him a couple weeks ago that he's in that cheap that that. The bargain bin of defenders. And he's a captain. Uh, and Federico's not going anywhere, and their schedule is great. So uh, how fluky was the goal, though? Swansea had three total shots. The other two were from Sam Klukas. Who is a little hot right now. Yes, he is. Hey, he also got two bonus. In the last three games, Federico Fernandez has gotten a total of four bonus points. Yeah, Federico with some bonus points. And, and What's his price, Dave? He is. He should be currently 4. a 4.4. Yeah, absolute. Not far from where John Joe Kenny is right now. No, if you don't have Federico exactly and you have John Joe Kenny, it's a it's a uh, one for one. All right, so here Swansea and Burnley are playing this weekend. Do I go Burnley defender or do I go Federico Fernandez? I would go Burnley defender. I think it's going to be a letdown for Swans. I would agree with Brian. Okay. After the last Swans beating, but, but own, for, but that's what I mean. I think. I, I think you still own him. I think he like the run th- the run through the rest of the season is really good for Federico for Swansea. Swansea. So yeah, we see what they're capable of. They're they're playing hard right now. It's so, true. Um, we'll see how long it lasts. New right. manager bump or is this uh, legit? Time will tell. Uh, the one thing that I did get right this past weekend, and honestly, I got right throughout the entire month of January. Although you could say that. You know, maybe, maybe it was still worth it if he went against what I was saying. Riyad Mahrez was on fire in the month of January. Yeah. If you owned him throughout all of January, props to you. You did well. Yeah, I did. And you did well. Yeah. But I kept saying, I don't own him yet, and now's not the time I'm going to buy him. I'm not going to buy him high because February 1st, who knows where he'll be yeah. and where his head will be at that time. And guess what? So true, right? Yeah. Didn't, you didn't, nailed it. Didn't come near the pitch in this one. It, who knows when he's going to be coming back? Yeah, and uh, I it it makes me nervous. I know players, Leicester players, are insisting that they would welcome him back whenever he wants to come back, whenever he gets his head right and decides he wants to play again, and then it's not causing any locker room turmoil. But I just feel like it changes way too much about them. There isn't someone. Damari Gray is not coming on. No. To be Riyad Mahrez. Diabate is not. No, they Riyad are Mahrez. not replacing him no. with anyone. And so I'm not saying that Federico Fernandez scored because Mahrez is not out there. Because it's set piece, it was set piece defending. That can happen to them anytime. And I'm sure Leicester fans are tired of seeing set piece breakdowns and, and goals scored like that. But it's really hard for it not to affect everything else about them. At every level. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, Jamie Vardy is like feels like the only safe guy. Where before I was so pumped, to, I Schmeichel was my like I I'm definitely getting Schmeichel as my goalkeeper because of their schedule, because of everything about them. And now all of a sudden, it's like making me nervous, man. 
I mean, we were touting sure. we Lost were touting Albrighton as well a few weeks ago. I mean, yeah. and, and we mentioned McGuire. I mean, yeah. does this Mares in in locker room unrest? Does that yeah. does that make make us halt a little bit on those players? Barty still scored in this one, but I mean, a, a loss to Everton and a draw with Swansea. I mean, in the results alone, kind of kind of sort of tell the story similar to yeah. Chelsea a little bit, potentially right? Potentially so. Potentially so. And now they get City this weekend at yeah, City. That's right. I think you're probably chalking up another L there. Yeah, maybe. West Brom 2, Southampton 3. Ahmed Higazi and Solomon Rondon's goals for the baggies overshadowed by Mario Lamina's beautiful strike. Jack Stevens <sighs> and James Ward-Prowse. They've got the Stevens goal, too. Uh, <laughs> yes, stupid Higazi. Of course he scored. <laughs> right. Still only finished, I think, with seven points. Uh, <laughs> no, I think the story is only James Ward-Prowse. Yes, yes. Um, this is his annual one to two month yeah. finding of form. Right? His last four weeks: fifteen, two, eight, and twelve. He does this every year. Well, no, yeah, he I has mean, a stretch in the spring every year. You know what I went? He finds the net. I don't remember yeah. a stretch like this. You know what I went back and listened to. Our summer preview pod when we when you and I were at respect our respective beaches to find <laughs> the part of the podcast when we were talking about midfielders and I and James Ward Prowse was like a five dollar midfielder and and I, we I mentioned him because yeah. even the FPL was saying hey this guy's got this guy's got big potential we talked about it Scott said it and you said. Uh, you might have talked me into making him like my fifth midfielder. Okay. But it was like, you can't count on. No. You can't count on this. And so now six starts in a row for for him. The only He played 69 minutes against Palace. Otherwise, it's been 90 minutes every time. He's in great form. Lots of people are going to jump on him. But, I mean, I feel like you're going to go back to like, a, he's going to go back to zero minutes here. Any match now. Yeah, I'm just asking myself, yeah. when's he going to make the leap to be an actual staple in this lineup? Yeah, I think it's right now. You think you're gonna? You would bet on that with a spot in your lineup? <sighs> Are you going to buy him, Dave? Uh, That's the question. Well, if he, well if thinking saying, about it, no. I, but if you're saying it's right now, then that means he's going to keep putting up scores similar, not not as high every week, but similar to what he's putting up. I. If if I had him, all right. So right now, I I have Jordan Ibe as my uh, four, really? fifth midfielder. Yeah, he's right. been very hot. Look at the numbers. We'll get to that. But bottom line is, uh, so JWP is point three billion dollars more than Ibe. Mm-hmm. Technically, I have that in my budget to make. Now I've already made my transfer this week when I tried to get McTarian for Martial, so I'm not going to make it this week. Okay. But that doesn't scare me. If I made that move with coming off those four weeks, there might not be a, a hotter. Midfielder in the last four weeks. Yeah, but are you buying high just in time for like Brian said for him to go? And right or is this bank? a young player who's finally starting to figure it out and get it done? I don't look, know. look. I mean, right now you're the the question is: Are you going to own like you got Ryan Frazier who's been playing really well? James Ward Prowse is in that same range. Goodmanson is a a tenth less than that at five dollars. We watched Luka Milivojevic put in another penalty this week. Mm-hmm. That's there. He's four point seven. Or and I would, do own Luca. Right. So. And I don't want to sell him for James Ward Prowse. I have no desire to do that. 
That is not a move I'm interested in. If you in want, I would I would wager uh, a friendly friendly hot cocoa on um, Jordan. I mean, uh, and James Ward Prowse against Luka Milivojevic the rest of the season. Who would score the more points? Hmm. I would I would wager a hot cocoa on. All that. right, done. I, I'm game on that. Um, I I just think. Uh, All right, so officially, I, do we need to spit into our palms and shake hands? I believe hands you on this do. One? Starting so what you're saying is, Dave, starting in week twenty seven, yes. from this moment on, yes. James Ward Prowse will outscore in in matches played any minutes. No, 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 no. Just between now and the end of the season. Okay, so every match points? between just, now yeah. and the end of the season, yeah. that James Ward Prowse will outscore Luka Milivojevic in total I, fantasy points. In total fantasy points, I believe from here going forward, I believe he outscores Luka Milivojevic. Nice. Great. Right. Bet made. Done. Uh, while we're on the subject of JWP, that goal was only possible because of the uh, love of some of his fellow Saints teammates. Uh, there was a, a quite a lively debate over who was going to take that free kick, and all of this is leading me to uh, giving out my honorary but meaningless fantasy half point. This week it's going to go to Sofian Buffal. Oh. Now, I don't know if you saw this, but Buffal had the ball in his hands and was insistent that he was going to take the penalty kick. Wesley Hoot had to be the bully on the uh, elementary school playground and literally punch the ball out of his hands so that it could be given to James Ward-Prowse to take. One of those situations where, obviously, there's a there's an order of who's going to take this. This is fascinating. The, you know, every club usually has a has a, an order like, hey, depending on who's on the pitch, this is the order who's going to take our, our you know, spot kicks. Yeah. And, and clearly the team, the Saints teammates of James Ward-Prowse were saying, no, Sofian, it is James's. Wesley who ensures that by punching the ball out of Buffal's hands. Buffal's not happy. James Ward-Prowse did the one thing that you should do when that happens. You got to score it. He scored <laughs> on the free kick. And do you know who tackled James Ward-Prowse to the ground? Buffal? Buffal. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, well good done. For him. And, Absolutely. And everyone was rewarded all around. Jack Stevens scores. Buffal gets an assist. Hoot gets an assist. It was a fun day all around for Saints attack, and uh, their defense stinks. True. And also suck at West Brom. Oh, they're <laughs> drifting. They've been cut adrift down there at the bottom of the table. They've got to get a win They soon. have a problem. Bournemouth 2, Stoke 1. Josh King and Lynn Mousset. Mousset, Mousset. We still don't know how to say that. Uh, they put in the goals for the Cherries. Shakiri back on the score sheet for the yeah, Potters. Yeah, man. Up the Cherries. Up the Cherries, Up man. Up the Cherries, ninth place, seven straight matches without a loss. That'll get you, you to ninth are, in this table. That will get you to ninth, and uh, they're playing nice. Hey, I I finally I finally did what I've I had not done all season, which is I bought Shakiri and I now mm. am owning Shakiri in both draft and budget league. Really? Yeah. So, Shakiri had a goal, two bonus points, finishes with eight for this match. Next three, it's Brighton at home. He had a, he had an assist and five points against Brighton at Brighton in week twelve. Plays at Leicester. He had a goal and assist against Leicester the last time they played. Thirteen total points against Leicester last time. Of a a tumultuous Leicester City right now, mm-hmm. and then at Southampton, which he had also an assist against them in week seven. In week seven, so I'm just saying, Stokes, Stokes next three. When we when I say that their matchups are are good, 
they do hit a rough patch after that. But at least for the next three, all teams, Shakiri specifically, had big impact and some good scores against uh, in the previous fixtures early on in the year. Brighton 3, West Ham 1. All of the Brighton players that you've either owned at some point this season or just have debated over but couldn't quite pull the trigger on, they all scored in this one. Glenn yep. Murray, Jose Esquierdo, and Pascal Gross. Chicharito puts one in for the Hammers, but it's not enough. FPL needs to demote West Ham from a 3-rated matchup mm. to like a 1.25. Nah, give him a 2. All right, a two. They're squarely out of the relegation. Well, I mean, they're in the battle, but they're not in the zone, if that makes sense. So I would say two is fair. One would be harsh. Chicharito could be an interesting play. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But not with but not unless you are a lunatic and are not <laughs> buying one of the five dollar guys that are out there as your third guy. Name a couple of those, Brian. That would be easily uh Callum Wilson, which we should have referenced in right. the Bournemouth match and did not. No, he didn't have. He didn't need to do anything, and it's not bad. You still own him. Yeah, we can talk about him right this second, Dave. Uh, it's to five point nine. Jermaine Defoe's in a boot, so he's a month away. You still have a lot of Callum Wilson to go. Look, the last four weeks, Callum Wilson twelve two twelve two. You know what's yep. coming this week? Twelve could be. And if I own Callum Wilson. As my third forward at 5.9, you said? Yes. I'm okay with 28 points over four matches. They're yeah. at Huddersfield. Yeah. Right. Here there is the no 12. way. Yeah, there is no way you want him. I'm like, because you're probably using, I mean, you're definitely using the $2 difference between him and Jordan Ayu somewhere else valuable. Mm-hmm. So the only thing would be how many people have bailed on Ch- Chicharito and, you know, is it a differential maybe in your mini league? But Jordan Ayew with Swansea, someone else we didn't talk about earlier, but still yes. a worthy own. Oh, absolutely. Range. And for West Ham, Mikhail Antonio is back, 24 minutes off the bench. So, I mean, that's huge for them given their injuries right now. And you could see Marco Arnautovic back this week. Hmm. More likely next week, but Marco is Mar- Marco updated his own injury status to say things have been progressing really well. He could be back as early as this weekend. Interesting. By the way, Dave, I am declaring victory on a previous bet. Now that Andre Ayew has officially left West Ham, you thought he would be great for them. I said there was no way. He's now a swan. His greatness that was never, one that never I, happened. No, it never did. No. Just wanted. And to he's gonna play. Up. He's gonna start playing right away. For oh yeah, we'll talk about exactly why, why not? in the injury roundup. Crystal Palace one, Newcastle one. The aforementioned Luka Milivojevic putting in a penalty kick. Mohamed Diame equaling uh, things for Newcastle. Hey, I started him. I think That's it's the other way around. Amazing. I think Diame scored first, then then Luca. I had a good week. I won the week. This yeah. Week. Um, you started Diame? No, I started Luca. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, Wayne Hennessy, seven saves. Ended up with a bonus point. Dave, you want a cheap goalkeeper? Go get Wayne Hennessy. Yeah. Why not? What's the worst that can happen to you? Dave well, hates Wayne Hennessy. I, I like, don't care. Uh, I like, man, Wayne Hennessy. You know who else Dave hates? On um, my goalkeepers that I, that I think are horrible, he's up there. You know who else Dave hates? Uh. This super productive Christian Benteke who can't stop getting FPL points. Benteke he's, is 
he's he ozling his way to the top of the assist chart for Crystal Palace this season, Dave, and you can't stop him. That's, I don't even know how that's possible. It's so annoying. He gets dragged down in the box, and Luca kicks in the penalty, and that's why Christian Benteke got his fourth assist in the last five games. Not that you have to pick <laughs> it's one fascinating. Player, but how much does Benteke cost? Seven-something. Seven-six. Okay. I'd much rather have Luca's f- mid-fours yes. than Benteke's <laughs> mid-sevens. <laughs> I know. Especially since Luca's getting that's the a fascinating points for stat there, Brian. Scoring goals, four four assists in the last five matches. Yep, and um, when he didn't assist, and he scored. We we don't have to talk about it in the injury roundup because it is essential that we say right here. Mm-hmm. Crystal Palace already have problems mm-hmm. with injuries. They have got a major problem developing with Wilfred Zaha. Okay. Wilfred Zaha, if you click on him, Dave, anyone that clicks on him anywhere in the world, you'll see that he completed 90 minutes in this match. Wilfred Zaha is also has, he has a right now, a light yellow triangle that says that he has a 75% chance of playing. Every report about Wilfred Zaha right now and almost any paper you would look at and anywhere that's reporting it is not going to say that. It is likely he's set to see a knee specialist tomorrow that it is possible that reports now are anywhere from a month to months with uh, at least the Daily Mail reporting, Palace is anticipating being ready to not have him for most of the rest of the season. Wow. What nationality? He's English, isn't he? Does he play for? uh, Who does he play for? He is... um, I think he's uh, he represents the Ivory Coast, right? Are they yep. in the World Cup? They are, aren't they not? If they are, that's also devastating potentially for the World Cup chances. Just saying. Um, yeah. So this is they they have got an issue. They already have. Uh, just so you know, this what that means for them right now: Christian Benteke, Andros Townsend, and Alexander Sorloth, and kind of Luca. Those are their only remaining attacking players healthy on the roster right now. Ruben Loftus-Cheek had to go back to Chelsea for treatment on what they are saying is ligament in his ankle and Achilles, and it may it may be a surgery issue with him. Wow! So they they pa- are absolutely Patrick Van Anholt's going to get bumped yes. up to uh, Patrick midfield. Van Anholt had a good game in this game. Yeah, if Patrick Van Anholt is not terribly expensive. Which he's not. He's 5.1. Unfortunately, he's a midfielder. It puts him in a range of other 5.1 guys we were just discussing, which he would be lower down the totem pole. Yeah. And honestly, like, I, f- I mean, I, you know that Luca is going to be on penalties as long as he's playing, which now you assume he probably is going to be playing all the time. Andrews Townsend has been great for them. Yeah. He really has been. He's had a, he had a really great run of matches before he got hurt. Now he came back from the injury, and they desperately need him. Crystal Palace is in trouble. Yep. There are no more matches. Brian, got an injury roundup for us? Howdy, partners. It's the injury roundup. <laughs> yeah. We talked about Stephen Ward. Could see him back again. On the, Also on the Burnley side, James Tarkowski. Burnley are hoping that he will recover from the groin injury that kept him out of the Manchester City and Newcastle matches. Groin! Uh, yeah. Alvaro Morata. Uh, worth mentioning, there is nothing concrete and or new 
from Chelsea about his back injury. Mm. Other than Conte saying last Friday he's missing a lot of games, uh, which is not a good situation, I hope in the future that the medical department can solve this situation. I don't know about you guys. That doesn't sound very optimistic. No, not at all. Um, Olivier Giroud could, uh, could end up being a big-time savior for them. He's a good player. Could be a big difference for them. He's, he's a good good move for them. You guys care about Everton getting Romero Funes Mori back? <laughs> no. 4.4% no. Uh, of people still own Laurent de Poitra, who Di- David Wagner let everyone know had stitches on a foot laceration during the Manchester United match. Oh, wow. He may be available for the Bournemouth match on Sunday. Uh, Gabriel Jesus, so it is more like two months. Pep clarified this past week to say he still needs four or five more weeks before so, he can come back to so, the first team. So he's not coming back. He is not. Soon. He is not. Hence the uptick of Bernardo Silva. Yep. And I, I think that's a more reason why, other than tiredness, but lack of options might be the only thing that keeps City players exactly where they are. Especially the attacking guys. Bernardo Silva, 7.4. I'm sure we referenced that. We did. But man, that's interesting. Uh, We should see John Stones and David Silva back this week for Leicester. Okay. Uh, Both guys are uh, both guys were are on on the mend. We're both uh, late fitness tests this past week, but should be ready to go this next uh, for the um, Lester match. Marcus Rashford, 5.9% owned. I feel like that's really high. Um, yeah. Likely be a late fitness test for Sunday's match at Newcastle. ESPN, uh, ESPN FC reported he had a left leg strain when he left the Huddersfield match. United hope he's going to be fit enough to run around for the last 11 minutes of the match like he usually does. <laughs> isn't, yeah. that what, isn't that exactly. what they have him for? Yeah, sure. Um, Islam Slimani left Leicester with a thigh injury, missed out for Crystal pa- or against Crystal Palace for Newcastle, um, but could be ready to face United this weekend. I only bring him up because Newcastle are hoping he'll be fit enough to finish off Marcus Rashford's left leg during the last 11 <laughs> minutes of their match. I am really intrigued, in all seriousness, about Slimani for Newcastle. Yeah. And his viability and fantasy. For the rest of the season. Yeah. It's same he's, thing with uh, Ujoa at um, Brighton. Yep. He's not Dwight Gale. He's not Yosalu, And he's not Alexander Mitrovic. Which, by the so, way, Yosalu has essentially uh, cemented his status on the bench. Pretty much. After his, I think it was the midweek match where he just kept missing chance after chance. Right after they'd signed Slamani. I just kept thinking to myself, well, if you wanted to try to stay in the lineup, yeah. you, you failed. Yeah. Yep. Yosalu. See ya. Double whammy for Swansea, and it's the reason why I think Andre Ayew, the second that he's, the second they say he's fit enough, Andre Ayew is going straight back into the Swansea starting lineup. Leroy, they found out this week, Leroy Fur and Wilfred Boney both done for the rest of the season at least. Uh, Leroy Fair ruptured his Achilles, oh, and brutal. Boney tore his ACL. So both guys, that's next season. yeah, that's next both season guys are too. both Jeez. guys are going to be gone, gone. And like I said, Spurs officially announced this week every player back in first team training. That includes Toby Alderweireld and that's Lucas, big. and Lucas Mora. 
Uh, somehow, uh, Alderweireld is uh, still owned by 4.8% of people, and all I wanted to know was, one, how many of them have stopped playing yeah. altogether, hmm. and two, how many of them are higher ranked than me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing a good bit. Yeah. Anyway, that's the injury roundup. Well uh, done, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. Scott, we're here. We're here. We're also uh, everywhere you want to find us on the uh, interwebs. FantasySoccerFC.something.com. <laughs> At FantasySoccerFC. Yep. Yeah, you can find us around. Just, yeah. just, just Google search it. Yeah, we're there. Just Yahoo it. That's right. Hey, for the Fantasy Soccer FC podcast, this is David Smith. Until next time. <laughs>